Thanks, Sam. Sam's, Sam's pretty happy because the Cats won yesterday. Anyone else happy about the Cats winning? Anyone, uh, anyone experiencing some deep grief today? Any Sydney supporters? No, anyone got, who was going for Sydney? Anybody? Couple, couple, couple. Anyone other than Geelong? Is that, I'm, I'm guessing usually it's like salty Crow supporters who just don't want to see Danger win, but he did. Good on him. Yeah. Oh. Megan's the biggest bandwagon in this room, by the way. Anyway. Can I, can I tell you, um, I'm excited this morning. I, I'm, ex, I'm excited about just being together and, and worship together. That God must have something for us today. We believe that, right? We're not, nothing is like, we're not here by accident. God has something for us. But I'm also excited because in a week and a half, I am on holidays. <laughs> And uh, it's not just any holiday, right? Uh, we are doing our first family trip up to the Gold Coast. Yeah, we've been promising the kids for pretty much three years. From the start of COVID, we've been promising them we're going to head up to the Gold Coast. I can't wait for theme parks and, uh, I don't know, better weather than this. I can't wait for that. That'll be good. Uh, the beach, you know, the beach is pretty nice and all the things that happen at Gold Coast. For me, going to the Gold Coast as a kid is like one of those core memories. Does anyone, anyone else kind of experience that? You got to think, it's, it's a magical place in my mind. Um, anyway, so there's been lots of counting down in our family, not just from me, who's pretty keen for, for a bit of a break, but also our kids have had a chart. I think they started at about 40 days to go and they've been counting down the days. They mark it off with a texter. Um, so the last couple of weeks, and it's probably oversharing with you a little bit, but that's okay. It's, we're all friends. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about how to get this body, <laughs> this body beach ready, right? I've got my, I've got my Speedos in the drawer. <laughs> Marks is, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but as you see over the last, you know, I thought about it two weeks ago and uh, unfortunately two weeks wasn't enough <laughs> quite there. Apparently, apparently a couple of decades of abusing KFC, you can't transform in two weeks, you know. Um, sorry about that for anyone who had high hopes. Um, now, fitness sometimes is about us looking good, right? Like, like you know, we, we get fit uh, so that our bodies look a little bit better. But also, who knows that it's, it's about having more energy and it's, it, it's hopefully living a bit of a longer life if we concentrate on fitness, getting healthy. You agree with me? I'm looking at Ange every time because I'm like, Ange knows way more about health and fitness than I do. I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing. Um, this is all, yeah, theory for me, getting fit and... <laughs> well, I've been thinking not just about physically getting fit, but this morning I want to talk a little bit about how we can get into spiritual shape. Is that all right if I share that this morning? About how we get into spiritual shape. And obviously when we're talking about getting 
spiritually fit. We're not talking about how good we look. It's not about that at all. We can, we can work really hard to look super spiritual, but who knows that's what the Pharisees did. Lots of rules and laws. How do I look on the outside? I'm not talking about outside appearances. I'm talking about how do we get spiritually healthy? We want to be spiritually fit, not so we look good, but so that we can live powerful lives, right? Any, anyone agree with that? That we can live powerful lives. Last week, um, for those who were with us last week, we looked at Olat. Do you remember Olat? One life at a time. And, and we talked about Jesus' plan wasn't just for the masses. And when he calls us to other people, he doesn't just call us to masses. He says, if we want to see our city changed, if we want to see our nation changed and our world changed, we'd, we'd see it one life at a time, don't we? It, it takes a what seems impossible task down to, I can do that. I can impact one life this week, right? You with me? That's what we looked at last week. Well, this week, it's still all up. It's still one life at a time. But instead of us thinking about others, we're, we're actually thinking about ourselves. How do we lead ourselves into spiritual wellness? Who knows that it takes discipline to lead ourselves? Does anyone love discipline? I'm just having a look. No, no hands. Oh, what, a, what a surprise. It, ta- it takes discipline to lead ourselves. For those of us who have gone on, uh, you know, like a, a more physically fit journey, you know that it takes discipline. You have to, to, to go to the gym. You have to do the hard work. Well, I want to say that it's actually the same spiritually, that we do have to do some hard work if we want to be spiritually healthy. Is anyone ready to get into shape for summer? Spiritually this morning. Spiritually, hands up if you're ready. Spiritually, I, I need cooperate. Yes, good. I see those hands. That's good. Can I just tell you and preface this whole thing? And this is very important because this is good news. That our salvation doesn't rest on our performance. Can I just say that straight up? What we're talking about today isn't about our salvation. Our salvation is an act of Jesus on a cross that involved him resurrecting from the dead. That's our salvation. We don't have to work for that. We don't even have to have discipline for that. Jesus did that for us. It's Jesus plus nothing. Sarah preached an amazing teaching a few weeks on that. But this morning, we are looking at being spiritually disciplined so that we can live powerful lives so that God can use us to impact our families and our neighborhoods and our communities. You with me? Yep. Can we just pray and then let's let's get stuck in. God, you are so good. Like just just beyond words, good. We thank you right now in this moment for our salvation that comes through you Jesus. Through calling on your name. We thank you that we don't have to work hard for that at all. That is a work you've done. But this morning, Holy Spirit, lead us, lead us into holiness. May we live powerful lives, lives that are reliant on you, Jesus. May we be spiritually 
healthy people. Come and help us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I've got a few things to get through. You may want to write them down, I don't know, on your phone. You might want to take notes. You may not. You may have a really good memory. So we're going to kind of race through a few. That doesn't mean they're insignificant. That just means there's work to do afterwards. Everything I have to say today is pretty much a work to be done post-Sunday together. We're okay with that, aren't we? Yes, good. What a, we have an amazing group of people here this morning. Everyone's so on board. I love it. It's great. Uh, the first step to getting in shape, can I say this, is we need living water. The first step for us to get spiritually healthy is that we need living water. So I've got a confession to make. Last night, kids went to bed. Susie went to bed. And I watched The Water Boy. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure of mine is watching Adam Sandler movies. And I put on The Water Boy. I, I knew that I was speaking about this. And I, I was like, I'm going to watch The Water Boy. And I love that movie. I think it's so fun and it's so funny. There's so many lines I quote from that movie. And I know there are a lot of haters for Adam Sandler movies. But can I tell you that Bobby Boucher, the water boy, knows that for an athlete to play at their peak, they need high-quality H2O, right? Yeah, we know that line. That's some high-quality H2O. Can I tell you, if we are to live powerful lives, we need the Holy Spirit to fill us. There's no substitute for what the Holy Spirit can do in us. I would say it's impossible for us to live spiritually powerful lives without the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Remember earlier in the year we looked at um, uh, Ezekiel, we looked at, at, at some prophecy and we looked at this, this picture of living water flowing from the temple. Does anyone remember? You haven't forgotten, that's good. Living water that flows from the temple and everywhere the living water touched, what happened? Life. Life. If we, the Holy Spirit brings life. The Holy Spirit brings life. The Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness and power to live like Jesus. The Holy Spirit refreshes us. The Holy Spirit corrects us sometimes. And the Holy Spirit prompts us and brings understanding. So to live spiritually fit lives, our first step is that we need the Holy Spirit. I know that this isn't new, but some who knows that we need reminders all the time. I'm, I need reminders all the time. So instead of us just talking about it, we're going to pray for it right now, right? That's the way we should do it. Let's not talk about doing it later. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit comes and fills us afresh now. Maybe for you, that's a daily routine. I, I, I know that I tried to make it a daily routine that every time I woke up, as soon as I heard my alarm, I'd pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill me today. I need more of your presence. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you to keep me accountable. I want to start that again. Every morning, the first thing I do is ask, Holy Spirit, today, fill me afresh. I need the living water. But let's pray right now for it. If you need to be topped up, filled up, the Holy Spirit to come, refresh, restore, renew, 
Let's ask right now. So I invite you, you may want to put out your hands as a, as a physical gesture, symbolising what God might do in the spiritual. But let's pray. God, you are good. You're a good father. And we thank you that you have sent Holy Spirit. We want to live powerful lives and we need you, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us in these moments. We thank you that it doesn't rely on, you know, great music or, or lighting or any of that. That Holy Spirit, you can come and fill us anytime. You can give us the boldness we need, the courage we need. That you can come and help us. So Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh. Amen? Amen. So that's the first thing. If we're to live spiritually healthy lives, living water. Got that one? The second thing is we need to eat right. We need to eat right. If we were to get physically fit, we could do all the work in exercise possible. But if we still weren't eating right, it kind of the equation doesn't work, right? So we need to eat right. I don't know if anyone else is, is kind of like me and there's no judgment in the room if you are or not. But I think sometimes that if I eat a salad one day, that I'm like good for weeks. I'm like, I, I ate really healthy this day. I can eat more KFC again. Or, or, or you know, like, does anyone else think like that? Or is that I'm just a bit special? Um, it could just be that. We know it doesn't work like that, right? That we don't just have one great nutritional meal a week. But actually, we need to eat healthy all the time to get in shape. Who knows that we need to get a few things into us? Yeah? The first thing is the Word of God. No surprises here. You probably guessed it already. But can I tell you that it is impossible again to be spiritually healthy without the Word of God speaking into our lives. It's got all the nutritional value we need, God's Word. It's full of truth. Not, not kind of whatever feels right, but the real truth, God's truth, is contained in and through God's Word. It reveals to us who God is, doesn't it? The Bible, the big story of, of the character of God. Who knows that when we get stuck into the Word of God, it gives us a mission. We can't help but read Jesus' words and then not know that we are on a mission. It shows us, who knows that the Bible sometimes shows us our weaknesses too? And so important for us, God speaks to us through his word. We can read the same Bible verse over and over again and God will reveal something new. It's a living word. Matthew 4, 4 uh, Jesus, it's Jesus' temptation. He's in the desert and the, and, and the enemy's coming kind of against him. Matthew 4.4, 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we're to be spiritually healthy, our sustenance needs to come from the word of God. 2 Timothy, Mark's so quick at this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I'm kind of going to jump around a little bit. 
says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. Who needs that? I, I need that. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us what to do, uh, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And Psalm 119, 105, you may know it from singing these words potentially. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word of God is necessary for us to live spiritually healthy lives, isn't it? It's not something we can ignore. It's not something that we can go without. So how do we consume the Word of God? We start small. Can I encourage you this morning, if, if the Word of God isn't a daily routine, start small. You don't need to set massive goals of trying to read the whole Bible in a year. If you open the Word of God and read two or three verses a day, can I tell you, I, I still believe there's value in that for our lives. That we open the Word of God. Maybe you need to set a time, read a few verses. If you haven't kind of got a reading plan at the moment, I just encourage you, read through one of the Gospels. Read through Mark's the shortest Gospel. Read through Mark. It's action-packed. It's great fun. Just read through Mark. And if you struggle, which I know at times, you know, like it, it can be hard, I encourage you to do it with someone else who kind of knows their way around the Bible. It might be that a couple of times a week you catch up with someone and you open the Word of God and you read half a chapter together. We need to read. We need to input. We need to consume the Word of God. There's no other way around it, right? There's no shortcuts when it comes to the Word of God. The Bible app has a stack of reading plans. Get on one of those. Uh, the Lectio 365 is good because you can open that app on your phone. It'll read it to you. (laughs) How good's that? At twice a day, it's a great resource for us. Again, directs us to the Word of God. We have some Bibles. If you need a Bible, you want a physical one, we have some. Come and ask me later. I'm happy to give you a Bible. Are we there? Do it. It's not just words. We have to do it. If we want to get spiritually strong, we have to consume the Word of God. Cool. You're with me so far. Living water, Word of God, what we eat. Who knows that for a complete diet, it's not just about what we eat, but it's actually also about what we limit or what we avoid as well, isn't it? Um. I'm sure Hugh won't mind me sharing. I think a few weeks ago we caught, I caught up with Hugh and he talked about how actually he's been limiting sugar in his diet, just doesn't have sugar anymore and how much more energy you're feeling. That's right still, isn't it? 130 days without, that's pretty good. Well done. <laughs> and 14 kilos, come on. It's not just about us consuming the Word of God, but who knows that there are unhealthy things that we need to avoid or limit to. Isn't that right? So what are the things in our life that lead to temptation? 
we need to avoid and limit those things. What are the things in our life that lead to, to gossip or bitterness or unforgiveness? We need to avoid those things, don't we? What are the things that we consume that can lead to addiction, unhealthy thoughts or unhealthy actions? I know for myself that there are movies and, or shows or, or music, books, podcasts, all these things that we consume. I know that there are some that are not good for me to consume. I know that there are some voices that I need to not consume because it's unhealthy for me. I know that there are conversations that I should not engage in, right? I know that there are habits that I need to break or change. Not only do we receive nutrition from the Word of God, but we have to get rid of the unhealthy things as well. Ephesians 4, Paul says it well here. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Paul's not like messing around. He's saying get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Can I tell you, if we don't get rid of the first bit, it's really hard to do the second bit. If we want to be healthy, spiritually fit, there are things that we just have to get rid of. KFC nuggets. I have to get rid of KFC nuggets. They have to stop putting those 24 for 10. Oh, man. All right. Second Timothy, again, Paul writing. Uh, this is a really good one to remember because it's 2 Timothy 2.22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. What a sentence. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Paul says run, run from anything that's going to stimulate those thoughts. Don't mess around in it. Don't just kind of ignore it. He says run from it. Cool, you with me? Hebrews 12, 1 says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that hinders us. We know that verse probably pretty well. And then he goes on, the writer of Hebrews in verse 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. It starts as a little root sometimes, that root of bitterness. Let's make sure that it doesn't take hold in our lives. Because we can have all the other things together, but, but sometimes that root of bitterness can just derail everything. Are you with me? So we consume what is good, God's Word. We stay away, we run, we avoid and we limit the unhealthy in. Can I just tell you again this morning, we have a God who wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. And this morning, I want to remind you again that you are forgiven. There is no guilt and shame in this. 
but I don't want to live with it still. You are forgiven. No guilt and shame. But let's get rid of those unhealthy things. Can we pray? And let's ask Holy Spirit to prompt us. So, God, you are a loving Father who wants the best for us. We thank you for your forgiveness, your grace, just undeserved grace. But right now we know that we've let unhealthy things take root. And I just ask Holy Spirit that you prompt us, that you point it out, that you correct us. And Holy Spirit, you help us to say no to the unhealthy things, to avoid the unhealthy things. I pray this morning that in this room you set us free of those things. That if bitterness has taken root, if anger has taken root, we ask Holy Spirit supernaturally, miraculously set us free this morning. We can't do it, we need you, Jesus. So we pray that in the name of Jesus, amen. We want to live powerful lives, spiritually healthy lives. Cool. All right. So we've dealt with what we bring in, living water, word of God. Let's limit the unhealthy. Who knows the next step is that we need to exercise. It's no point just us talking about it. We have to put it into practice. And the first thing that I want to say, the first exercise that we need to engage in is we need to pray. We need to pray. Sometimes we don't think of prayer as an active thing. Sometimes we think of prayer as almost like a wish list. But I want to tell you that the exercise for our spiritual health is prayer. Time in prayer changes things. Can we testify to that in the room? As a church, I can tell you that we can testify to it because we've seen God intervene. We've seen people who are sick become well and healed together as a family, haven't we? I know that there are two boys, young boys in our congregation who potentially are still only here today because of the power of prayer. God is good. Prayer changes things. God chooses to intervene, especially in intercession when we're praying for others. We see God intervene. We have testimony through prayer. People have been healed. We have testimony in this room and maybe your own testimony that, that prayer has brought freedom or transformation in your life. I can testify to that. Who knows that prayer changes things, but prayer changes us too, doesn't it? We hear God's voice and it changes our hearts as we align with him. I'm not teaching you anything new, but I'm, I'm reminding you this morning. James 5, 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, for, power and produces wonderful results. Romans 8, 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but 
The Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Can I tell you this morning, prayer doesn't have to be rigid and formal. It doesn't have to be, you know, the right set of words in the right order. It can be any time, any place, with our own words or sometimes even when we're desperate with groanings. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is the exercise that helps develop our faith, build our faith. Again, we start small, a little bit every day. I I don't know, I've made a habit of every time I'm in my car, driving to and from work, I pray. I worship and I pray in my car. Let's do that. It's, it's like exercise. We do a little bit and, and, and we, can, we can build that muscle and it gets bigger and we pray for longer and we pray harder. Cool. So we pray. This is one of our ways of exercise. Next, we serve each other. That's another way that we exercise. This is a muscle that we have to work. Can I tell you, uh, there's no other way to do it. It's not a good idea to serve. We, we don't just keep it in our head as, gee, serving is a good idea. We have to do it, right? It's it's an action. Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. We can serve others wherever we are. Start small, again, start small and build the muscle, work it. We can serve here at church. We have lots of different things that we need people to help serve with. Megan will be happy to grab your name and chuck you on a roster. But it's not about the roster. Who knows that we serve a church because we love each other and we want people to know God and we want people to belong. It might be seem like a bit of a, a job, but it's not. We serve one another. We can serve our neighbours. We talked a bit about it last week. One life at a time, we can serve our neighbours. And we can serve the poor, the orphan, and the widow. We need to serve the poor, the orphan, and the widow. Scripture's pretty clear about that. What are ways in which we can start exercising that muscle? We can serve in our giving and our generosity. We've got to start. If we only think of ourselves in this spiritual health journey... Can I tell you, it it actually does the opposite. It leads to spiritual sickness and obesity. That's a thought for you to to rest on. We have to serve. All right, so we got pray, serve. You still with me? We're getting there. We're getting there. And the last one is that we have to share. To get into spiritual shape, we need to exercise by sharing our faith. Share the good news of Jesus, the coming of his kingdom, that that Jesus rescues and he restores and he renews. Why wouldn't we share that good news? Have you ever played a sport? Maybe, again, quite often it's just me. I'm realising more and more as I ask this question, it's just me. But, But have you ever played sport or maybe gone to the gym and the next day, 
you are sore in a muscle that you just did not know existed. Yeah? It, it just like you never knew that you had that. I actually feel a bit like this sharing muscle is one of us that most of us don't even know that we have. We've, we've, never, we've never concentrated on it before. We've never built it. But I believe that this is something that God wants us to build. And I believe as a church that this is a muscle that I'm feeling more and more convicted and prompted by the Holy Spirit is something that we need to build. How do we share the good news of Jesus? How do we share it? We need the Holy Spirit's help, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit's help. What's your story, though? In the room, can I tell you that we probably, we all have a story of God's goodness to us, don't we? Is that not the best place to start? I can tell my friends anytime about how good I think God is. I, I don't need to, to start by saying you need to have your sins forgiven. and I don't need to start with, with that. I just need to start sharing about what I believe God's goodness to me is. How God keeps blessing me. Yeah, that's a good start, isn't it? Maybe as we start using that muscle, who knows, it might grow to a point where we can boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus wherever we are. All right. So we pray, we serve, we share. That's how we exercise. Almost there. Almost there. The last thing we need to get that summer spiritual body ready is, and I think this is really key, I think the rest is pretty hard unless we do this, is that we need a training partner. We, we need a training partner, or maybe two or three. I can tell you that the only times in my life that I've had progress in my personal fitness is when I've had at least one training partner. Someone to encourage, someone who I know I'll disappoint if I don't turn up. Someone to keep me accountable. And I actually think this morning it's the same for my spiritual development. Why wouldn't I have a training partner? Someone who encourages and sees what God sees in me. Who, who knows how good that is? When someone can point out what God sees in you. Someone who keeps me accountable. Make sure I don't do the dumb things. And when I do the dumb things, they're there to help pick me up. Tell me to keep going. Someone who spurs me on to step out in greater faith. Hebrews again, 10.24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways to motivate each other. I love, I love that we have a church full of people like that. And I love that that's what the body of Christ is, to, to encourage each other. But I actually think that it might require an ask. I think that this is something that's deeper than just I'm around people, that maybe they'll help me. I actually think this is who's your person? Who's your training partner? It might, it might be your spouse. You, you spur each other on. 
It might be a great mate. It might be actually someone that you don't know very well, but you can see that they've maybe travelled a little bit further than you. Am I making sense? We have a number of life churches, uh, life groups in our church. There's a fair few life churches, if you have a look around. Um, <laughs> we have quite a few life groups in our church. Can I tell you, life groups are a great way to spur each other on. But even then, I still think that you might want to ask someone, will you, will you read this Bible reading plan with me? Will you pray with me? Will you catch up? Can I confess a little bit to you? Not, not in a guilt-shame way, in, a, in an accountability way. Word talks about if we confess, God heals. It brings healing. Maybe there's someone that you trust enough. So I, I ask, maybe this morning you start a bit of a journey. Who's your training partner? Pray. Ask God to maybe reveal. You've probably got someone like that in your life. You just need to ask. I actually think there's beauty in making it a bit more formalized. It brings accountability. Pray for that person. Take action. It's not a thought to leave wandering around in your head for the next 10 weeks. It's a take action thing. All right, we did it. We did it, yeah? Anyone happy that we did it? We got through it. We're done. We're, everyone is spiritually healthy. <laughs> we are, like I said, this isn't just good advice that we think about. This requires action. If we want to be spiritually healthy, we need the living water. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to consume God's Word. We need that nutrition and sustenance that gives us strength. We need to block out, limit, avoid the unhealthy influences. We need to exercise, pray, serve. What was the last one? Share. Got there. And the last is grab a training partner. It's going to be a lot easier. We're going to see greater results by having a training partner. Can we pray and then we'll, we'll finish up this morning together? Um, yeah, let's pray. God, we thank you. You're, you're good again. You're loving. We want to be spiritually healthy people. Not so we look good to anyone else, but so that we can live powerful lives. God, we want to see our family transformed. We want to see our relationships transformed. We want to see our workplaces and our schools transformed. We want to see our neighbourhood and our city changed. Your kingdom come. And that can happen if we live powerful lives. Holy Spirit, prompt us, guide us, motivate us. Help us take the first steps. Help us to take action. May we be bigger people because of these simple steps. Thank you, God, that you're with us. Thank you for what our kids have learned in children's ministry this morning. Bless them. May they see Jesus. May they know Jesus. Thank you for our time together where we've blessed one another. May we continue that in our conversations after. And as we leave here, Holy Spirit, thank you that you send us out, that the work is to be done this week. 
Thank you that you're with us as we do that. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's just great to be together today. Uh, have a great week, a blessed week. We'll get back on the coffee machine if you want to stick around and, and chat. Otherwise, have a great rest of the weekend. Bless you.